0: Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vaikumar. Welcome to this special episode on podcast Freshly Forever. Today I have the pleasure of talking to Dr. Kausalya Naden. She is an expert in adolescent well-being, women's health, and so much more. Hello, Dr. Kausalya. Welcome to the show. Hi. So I thought it'll be a great um, uh, thing to talk about uh, women's health and, um, you know, in general about gut microbiome immunity and all those aspects today. So if you were to um, just start with gut microbiome, gut health, that is becoming a big talk these days. How significant is it in the present-day context, especially in a COVID-dominated world? And how can one achieve whatever we call, say, like robust immunity, if you will? It's a good question again. So I think,
1: um, uh, I mean, very beautifully thing put on gut microbiome because uh, still it's a new topic here in India. I Mm -hmm. think US has been talking about it for a while. Western world but here in India still we are we have just started to probably no I think
0: even here I mean maybe the medical circle you know has just started the word is buzzing around but I think from a patient standpoint or from you know like uh, a consumer standpoint people are still not quite aware of what makes up what and what constitutes or helps them to being healthy. So, and like you said, you know, like we always go go based on mother's intuition and what the mother fed. So the familial practices, you know, like, and of course here we are banking on practices of healthy families. Of course, if someone grew up, you know, like fortunately or unfortunately their situation, whatever it was, and they were not used to eating healthy, then they are outliers obviously here. But we are talking more from this context. So I guess, yeah, I mean, you should talk more about gut health and microbiome. And all I was trying to say there was, it's still not, you know, very, uh, very well known here to people. So I think it's a great aspect to focus on here. Sure.
1: I think uh, gut health or gut microbiome, I think it is a very important phenomena, as our As we have individual genes, like in the sense, like, you know, there is a change in individual genes, like the characters, like an individual has, you know, whether the features, the physical features are different and the characters are different, which is genetically probably, you know, different. The similar way, I think the gut microbiome is different and varied from individual to individual. So this is one thing which probably most of them, probably are not you know aware of or it's still not kind of discussed so elaborately to the world the second part here is the gut microbiome the more healthier you're able to balance it's about the balancing the good bacteria and the bad bacteria of the gut Mm -hmm. why is it a subject of discussion and is it so complicated is what we all think in a way yes in a way no because the gut from the mouth to the anal region is one single tube. Mm-hmm. It is unlike the joint that we have on the hands or the bones, you know, you have a joint two bones connection. This is a single muscular tube. That's it. So I think the microbiome, the good, the flora or the fauna that we call it is very different in the oral cavity. It's very different in the stomach. It's a very different equation of the bacteria in the gut, large intestine, and also very different in the small intestine and in the anal region. So it's totally, it's not the same. So I think when we talk about gut microbiome, it starts with your oral health. Mm -hmm. You know, it starts there. How you brush your teeth, how healthy is your gum health? You know, are you maintaining your oral health well? Is your dental appointments being met on time? And is your dentist an integrative uh, dental surgeon? Because now, if they go on the symptomatic basis, you know, I think they are missing out somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's really high time that, you know, every system and every field looks at the body in a very integrative fashion or a holistic fashion. You know, it's people, if at all you have a gum disease, how many of them knew it can cause skin rashes? Because if it's a skin rash, you go see a derm and it's done. Mm-hmm. But there's internally something not going right in your system where it could be a fungal growth in your mouth or in your tongue or it can be some form of a, you know, candid infection in your gut or in the stomach or wherever it may be. If there is something related to it, then it can present as articular it can present as skin rashes, it can present as some form of a change. Mm-hmm. For that, if you correct your gum health and the or the microbiome, the oral microbiome is back to normal, I think this vanishes over a period of time. I have seen this in my clinical practice, and now I've integrated dental and gut microbiome in the last probably four years i think the last i visited u.s was in 2016 mm-hmm. and after that i think that's a time where now for five years i've been intensively working on with all my clients as a fundamental base on gut microbiome mm-hmm. you know? i think when that is being strengthened we can bring the best of the apples to your table mm-hmm. okay you can actually eat them i think that's something we do but The gastrointestinal system has to break it down, simplify it, process it, take the nutrients and then absorb it and circulate it into your body for that to have the impact of your nutrients into your system. It doesn't stop by just buying the best organic stuff from the grocery shop. Mm -hmm. It's about that getting translated into your body for your you know, repair for the body's repair, growth. Then, you know, uh, again, you know, the overall, you know, the well-being, uh, nutritional absorption, and to avoid deficiencies and everything, this is a process that needs to be kind of taken care. So I think it's very important to work on the, it should start from the oral, you know, gut uh, microbiome. The second is the gastrointestinal part, where Mm -hmm. most of the people, because the common problem is not drinking sufficient water, mm-hmm. not keeping them hydrated. When it is dry, when the mu- it's a mucous membrane, right? There is its lining of a mucous membrane. Mm-hmm. Mucous membrane has to be kept moist. There's always a secretion which is there, whether it is in the mouth or in the esophagus or in the stomach or in the intestine. There is definitely a kind of you know, moisture which is required. So when there is no enough water being there, then it becomes acidic. Mm-hmm. When the body or the the stomach becomes acidic, it definitely, as we can understand, that is going to kill the good bacteria. You know, mm-hmm. it becomes acidic, only the bad bacteria can thrive in an acidic environment. Again, same to do with the gut. The symptoms of improper gut microbiome can be bad foul smelling you know sometimes you have bad breath Mm -hmm. you know that's one thing or you have some toothache or there is some coating in your tongue which can be like a white coating and then you have bloating and you know uh, burping or flatulence sometimes and then you have constipation or you feel suddenly that you're gaining weight around your gut or it can be leaky gut you have some irritable bowel kind of a you know stress related stuff where you know the nutrients are getting you know washed away from the system and people on prolonged antibiotics like you mm-hmm. know I mean, if somebody has been put on prolonged antibiotics you know that can wash out the gut uh, microbiome as well and patients on immunosuppressants patients on you know steroids Patients on, you know, uh, not balanced nutritional supplements, imbalances in the supplements, all this can lead to, uh, you know, gut, uh, you know, um, health issues and the gut microbiome imbalance can cause as simple as a headache to as chronic as probably some form of an even a cancer. You know, so it can be an uh, a gastrointestinal cancer which is developing. So it can be a simple symptom or can be as acute as that as well. So I think it's very important to take care of your gut health in a very integrated fashion through, and that can be done only through nutrition, food, and diet because you know it's a gastrointestinal system. It is not primarily can be built through. Uh, you know um uh, popping in pills you know it has to be through nutrition but and second thing is which we see in the western world is too much of cleanliness you know you mm-hmm. want to be too clean I think when you're too clean I think the good bacterias cannot grow as well you know you need I think one of the beautiful slides I think which I have seen in one of the presentation is if you want a good gut health get dirty mm-hmm. I think it's about <laughs> You need to kind of not uh, have too kind of a clean, obsessively clean environment, or keep washing your hands forever, and feel psychologically about stressed about being too uh, clean.
0: Yeah, that's so factor- okay, to, okay, to you know, play in the mud, play uh, you know, yes. be connected to earth. You know, okay to walk barefoot. So okay. all that, and you know, like your skin is a major source of absorption right so i guess people don't realize that i mean of course in this covid world yeah washing hands is a big thing we need to do it but again like what you are talking about is being obsessive otherwise and you know like trying to stay you know like super clean uh, it's more clean, like a yeah. it's more like a psychological thing than you know like anything so, you know good that we do to ourselves physiologically Uh, What about seasonal eating? Because you emphasized a lot about eating good to be able to build uh, the gut microbiome in the right fashion, right from oral health. So maybe like good tongue cleaning practices, good dental hygiene, brushing, um, and then washing our mouth and flossing, all that the dental care as an integrated approach. And you also pointed out about, you know, problems like bad breath and so on and so forth and how um, important it is to take care of it and maintaining the alkalinity in the system. What about seasonal eating and what about um, immunity? Like we have heard that 70, 80% of our immune system resides in the gut. Is that correct?
1: absolutely absolutely i think before we move on into seasonal eating just one more point which probably i'll add to the previous thing mm-hmm. that we discussed is because with the covid we are all wearing masks you know where i think with the mask which probably is not being disposed off or you need to change every four hours it can again disturb your oral microbiome. Mm-hmm. so i think now in in clinical practice here we have patients coming in and complaining of, uh, you know, some form of, an, uh, you know, a bad breath because mm-hmm. of wearing masks. So mm-hmm. I think we need to make sure that, you know, what kind of mask is being used and how to discard them and how to change them frequently. Because the moisture there when we breathe can also affect the oral microbiome because that we see here now in India is one of the common problem that I see in practice now in this COVID time so I just wanted to add that there that you know you need to be cautious because during even COVID time there's a very high chance of change in the oral microbiome because of the improper usage of masks which has not been kind of changed and uh, you know uh, discarded you know that's one thing which we need to remember yeah sorry mm-hmm. I'm just moving on to this aspect of you know seasonal eating and uh, immunogenic foods I think uh, as our traditional system has been and I think again I'll go back to the grandmother and mother tale probably mm-hmm. I may sound very vintage here but I think uh, our parents were very clear on giving us only seasonal fruits Mm -hmm. because now I go out of way to fetch strawberry from somewhere which doesn't grow here at all Mm -hmm. just because my son my children like strawberries or blueberries I think we go out of way to fetch them fancy kiwis and stuff which doesn't belong to our Indian environment at all and we don't have the season of kiwis at all Mm -hmm. so we spend nearly probably in you know, I mean, which is around 200 rupees to Indian rupee for a kiwi, which probably may be around 2 to $3 in US. But for us here, that's a lot of money, you know, to buy one kiwi fruit. So what I'm trying to tell you is we have at least here in the Indian environment have beautiful indigenous fruits and vegetables, which are absolutely seasonal, fantastic, grown in our nearby areas, which can, mm-hmm. for example, You know, I live in Chennai and I tell you, I think around 200, 300 kilometers from here, we have the maximum varieties of mangoes. Mm -hmm. You know, I think why do we have to stop anybody from eating mango? I think we shouldn't. So I think the seasonal fruits, the vegetable, you get this palm fruit and, you know, which we call it ice apple we have seasonal stuff which comes with season watermelons musk melons all that you know with the summer coming in or then the spring or we have probably you know the humid weather here so i think certain fruits are available throughout the year but certain things probably are highly kind of seasonal oriented it is very very important to respect nature When it comes to nurturing ourselves, I think the more we respect nature to nurture, I think we are in alignment with our environment. Mm -hmm. I think if we can bring that into our system, I think that's the best you can do for yourself. I would call it that's the natural way of pampering yourself, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. Back in a moment. With our guest on Fresh Leaf Forever.
1: Pampering yourself is not going out of way to fetch things which doesn't exist. Pampering yourself is being having abundance of what's coming into the, the season when it mm-hmm. comes to fruits or vegetables or you know any form of greens or whatever it may be. I think that's a very important part that all of us need to cultivate There can be a 20 percent of some you know intrusion of some non-seasonal foods but by and large and 80 percent of your meal has to be more on seasonal and indigenous
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when it comes to immunogenic kind of uh, immune boosters or immunogenic responses our best is about having a vegetable juice it can be i generally tell my clients that you know Pull in whatever is there. You don't have Mm -hmm. to feel, you know, I mean, probably nothing fancy. I think food, the simpler it is, it's going to work. The more complicated, the more kind of ingredients or more difficult you make it, you know, it's going to be really difficult. So I think people, there was a time where people in India were talking too much against rice, you know, Mm -hmm. which is our indigenous, you know, staple food, you know, rice. But I think I feel rice is the most healthiest and idli, which we have, you know, the, the pancake, the rice pancake is now declared and accepted by even World Health Organization as one of the safest and the most healthiest food, which is a fermented food, as we are talking about the gut microbiome, these kind of fermented foods gives good, you know, good flora and fauna The digestion level is so smooth, the absorption is again easier because it's a partially digested food. So, I think we need to incorporate whatever is there in the environment, which is there in the culture, to keep our immunity on rather than completely having a Western following the Western world in our nutrition, which probably has caused most of the problem here in our. Asian population you know it can be diabetes it can be obesity it can be hypertension all those lifestyle disorders is because of the disruption or we trying to adapt something which probably are genetically not compatible to I think that bit we need to understand similar way in the western world like they're used to probably oats or you know some form of an um, you know millet meal or an, a small grain or an omelet or whatever it could be the breakfast or a bowl of fruits that has to be retained with probably a combination meal for lunch and Mm -hmm. then probably a soup or a salad or, you know, some form of meat for dinner. So I think we need to go with our traditional practices. 20% can be for experimentation. So if we can maintain this, which will be harmonious to our system, then I think our immune system would be pretty strong and uh, very kind of, uh, you know, conducive to balance many things over in coping these kind of challenging situation.
0: Okay, what a wonderful message. Source locally and eat what is grown locally. Focus on what is available during the season instead of, you know, just keeping food simple instead of keeping it complex and going further to fetch it. What about, you know, having touched upon women's health so much, What about premature menopause and menopausal issues? I guess menopausal issues, we can maybe even focus separately as a discussion. But what about premature menopause? Is it again a cause of bad eating habits? And what are some areas you would like to see uh, women over the age of 45 focus on to feel best when they have to embrace this change in their lives? Good,
1: good, good. That's a good, good topic to enter. Uh, I think first thing, as uh, you have also done, I think the study and research on this is premature menopause is becoming very common. It is not something now, uh, you know, um, uh, not something that we can ignore. It's really time that we address it because many of them doesn't even know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. See, you go through menopause when your body and your mind and your environment is not ready. Mm-hmm. That's The dangerous thing for a lady or a girl or a woman, because I think that is a time where your estrogen completely falls suddenly overnight, your roof falling on your head types. You know, that's the feeling where you start gaining weight. You mentally can't think clear. There's a fogginess in your mind this palpitation you're not able to cope I think there's so many things which you don't want it is happening you have a career which is going so good that's the time where probably career growth is something entering in its peak so when so many things and children growing up managing so many things then it decreases your sexual drive and this vaginal dryness and fungal infections and vaginal you know uh, you know issues And all those coming in together, it's a traumatizing phase for a lady to go through premature ovarian failure or premature menopause. Mm -hmm. Premature menopause is a menopause which sets in between probably 35 to 40 years. Less than 40 years is premature ovarian failure. Okay. Premature. Menopause is different from early menopause. Mm -hmm. Early menopause is the menopause setting in by 45, you know, or little between 40, you know, 40 and 45, that's probably an early menopause. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of difference between premature menopause and early menopause. See, premature menopause is absolutely a devastating kind of situation for a lady where Her, it's like taking her life out Mm -hmm. overnight you know suddenly it can be environmental factors hormonal disruptors smoking alcohol or popping in too much of uh, you know uh, hormone tablets or you know pills to kind of balance your hormones or women undergoing infertility treatments can have this kind of an ovarian failure or it can be some form of a trauma it can be some sudden distress which could have happened in their mind is pushing that pressure on the ovarian to stop functioning Mm -hmm. and probably it can also be drastic yo-yoing diets which can also cause premature ovarian failure so these are the causes which can happen the symptoms are very drastic sudden and intense when compared to the natural menopause Mm -hmm. So when you compare that here, they have anger, frustration, mood swings, irritability, sleeplessness, hot flashes, sweating, excess sweating, dryness, so many things. It's a packed role of suddenly you feel you're nothing and lost. And, you know, you go totally negative in your mind, the approach and stuff. So that's one part of the premature menopause. What I'm trying to tell you here is the early signs to identify one if your periods is suddenly becoming a 28 day cycle if it's becoming a 21 day cycle it becomes mm-hmm. short cycles that's an indication of probably a premature menopause or an early menopause so if there is something like that that you identify for three consecutive months please check with your gynecologist on your hormones levels please have a guide gyne- check to identify. If there is any form of a menopause setting in, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing. The second thing is in case you suddenly feel any of these symptoms, it can be even two symptoms like hot flushes or, you know, you feel night when you're sleeping, you suddenly want to switch off the AC. After Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, you want to switch on the AC. There is a sudden change and you feel sudden hot, sudden cold. I think if there is a change like that, again, it's better to approach the gynecologist or your GP to have an assessment on your menopausal levels you know which stage of menopause you're in Mm -hmm. so then these are the things where you need to address and take help to make sure that you're not setting in into premature menopause or early menopause which can be balanced through some hormone replacement therapy or through uh, nutrition through you know probably bioidentical hormone replacement therapy so all these are the options available which someone can choose from on a safe with a safer uh, environment to opt for so these things to be addressed and it is very important that we understand and uh, identify it early so that we can actually have early help and cope with this Better.
0: Uh, anything else like diet and lifestyle, like exercise or uh, you know nutrition focus that in general women should even during the phase that they approach, you know, a proper menopause situation, say post forty five, like how can they best prepare their body to face that situation? Yeah,
1: I think one is menopause will have an impact on every woman come what, mm-hmm. okay? You cannot escape, it can be thinning of hair, it can be hair fall or it can be vaginal dryness or it can be palpitation or it can be any form of some mood swings or irritabilities. Anything can be there in uh, women which can be identified and stuff. So. I think first we need to understand that this is a phase that we would have to cross. Mm -hmm. So the only thing is being aware of it. I think the best approaches would be the ideal one, yoga and meditation about the different asanas, the breathing exercises and about, you know, calming down your system, sleeping better, can really help you cope with that kind of a transition, which is very, very stressful. Much better, much kind of easier to take. Second thing is talk to your colleagues about it. There are some women who have difficulty in opening about their menopause because they don't want anybody to know that they are touching menopause because Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's again like another kind of an where they feel they are losing womanhood the minute they kind of you know touch Mm -hmm. menopause. So they become not fertile zone. So they become less attractive or they become, people judge them. You Mm -hmm. know, if you're, you know, menopausal woman, so they feel, they call you old or they may feel she is a menopausal stage or whatever you do is at you, it's been tied to menopause. Oh, she's going through menopause. So she's talking this way or she's going through menopause, leave her alone or, you know, everything is tied to that, at that age or that phase. So I think, the First is the family environment should be understanding, more uh, you know supportive. That's one part. And the second part, as you rightly mentioned, is to have a good lifestyle. I think yoga, meditation really helps, and eating well because this is the time where you will be battling a lot of sweet cravings. Mm-hmm. So when you have the sweet cravings, you know, where eating too much of sugar or, you know, sugary foods, or cola drinks, or you want to have something salty, spicy, whatever it may be, this is a time where you would have to be more uh, kind of rigid, or um, uh, follow a path of a diet, you know, which is much more comprehensive, much more simpler, with more complex carbohydrate, the balance of protein, carbohydrate, good Fat and everything, so that there is a holistic component to this dietary uh, stuff, and including more of flax seeds, and uh, you have uh, primrose oil, evening primrose oil. So all those kind of factors are definitely is going to help them in having a better, uh, you know, phase to cope menopause. So exercise and diet and sleeping well and yoga, meditation. I think these are very important for till the menopause completely sets in.
0: Oh, excellent. I think those were great insights, Dr. Kausalya. And thank you so much for taking the time to explain everything in detail to the listeners. And we look forward to catching up with you again in the future. And thank you so much for your time um, and for being here on the show.
1: Thank you, uh, Vaidehi, for having me in your show as well. I completely enjoyed you know, talking to you and this discussion was absolutely brilliant and your questions and everything has been well-researched and well-thought-of. Thank you once again.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, listeners, as always, follow the podcast and uh, follow me on Instagram at YPKomar. I'll definitely catch up with you again with another interesting guest and yet another interesting topic. Until then, it's your host, Why saying so long.